Welcome to Own Goal Podcast, date of recording, August 11th, 2023. And after an abysmal five years of my life, I am free of the Fred menace. That's right, Fred, no longer a Manchester United player. He's Turkey's problem now. And I feel like a great weight has been lifted from my shoulders. Donnie, I, you're burying the lead a little bit. Fred's not the biggest departure to celebrate, my guy. We've got a whole bunch to cover, but first. To the byline. It's in, it's in goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. Well, as Eric alluded to, we have a lot to talk about in this episode. It's just been just over two weeks since we last recorded, but we've had transfer bombshell after bombshell. And uh, so once we wrap up some kind of the big transfers that have happened since we recorded, we're going to kind of hop in and do a little preview of the uh, top four leagues in Europe. So uh, Eric, why don't you hit us off on some of the major transfers and plot twists and sagas that have been going on? Yeah, um, I mean, we... we... There's a couple big ones that I think we definitely need to need to harp on, but let's just keep it in, in Homer Corner right now, Donnie. Um, I was a little sad to see Fred go because I still believe that what two seasons ago he was like your most consistent, consistently not shit performer for an entire season, not named David de Gea, um, and I, I'm gonna miss being able to cheer for Fred when he makes an assist or accidentally scores a goal. Uh, but I really want to give you some time to talk about the Fred departure and I think most importantly, the Harry Maguire departure. Yeah. I think, you know, it's no secret that Manu has just had a lot of dead weight on the team. That Guys who can't, who just are not good enough to be part of a... I mean, and I'll say this about Fred now that he leaves. I will give Fred this credit, and I think I've alluded to it in the past. He always tried his hardest for the team. It, he was he, he. I had no issue with his personality, and I had no issue with his effort. Unfortunately, and he's a good person by all accounts, but unfortunately, he was just not a very good soccer player in terms of being part of a team that's going to win a Premier League title. He just wasn't that good. My, my one counter is, I think you... We could have a fun uh, challenge of looking back at every game Fred has played for United. And there would be, I think, maybe only on one hand number of games where he was the overall worst outfield player for United. I think you would be shocked by the number of goals he gave up from trying to dribble from his own half, which would just, when you, when you are solely responsible for a goal, it kind of doesn't matter what else you do. That may just make you the worst player in that game. Um, but more than Fred leaving, Harry Maguire is finally gone. It, you knew it was coming once he was stripped of the captaincy. It's going to go to West Ham. Obviously, we sold him for less than 50% of what we paid for him. But I think that's a good move for all parties involved. He was never going to be his best version of himself at Manchester United. And rather than, you, you know, rather than just keep investing in this you know, sunk cost. It, it was just better to pull the cord and kind of 
move forward. So I think those are two really yeah. significant departures. Um, yeah. My quick take on, on the financials behind the McGuire acquisition and then, and then transfer away. Like it's not like United, you know, is, is an Italian team or is a penny pinching mid table or low table team. Like, you know, for, for us mere mortals, uh, blowing 50 mil, what, because they bought them for 80, sold them for 30, blowing 50 mil over over a, like, four-year investment, that's brutal. But for the for, for the richest people in, in the space, it's not. It's, yeah. it's, it's not great. Like, you're not patting yourself on the back, but you made an investment, it didn't turn out, and instead of holding on until it hit zero, you got out what you could, right? So who the fuck really cares in terms of like, wow, United took a $50 million bath. It's not it, my fucking money. It, exactly. It, yeah. Um, so, so fuck it. And unfortunately we have spent 65 million on <laughs> Rasmus Hoyland, which was my fear in our last episode that we would buy a guy who scored nine goals <laughs> in Syria last season. And we did exactly that. He, and now he's got indi- indications of like of the precursor to stress fractures in the back. Yeah, he's not going to play until like like October. So that's 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 tough. What can you do? You know, you just gotta just watch it and just say, "Well, fuck." Here's the bright side: you got rid of McGuire and Fred, and for you personally. That's like a double acquisition, right? Yes. Like that's that that's all goodwill, and the Onana transfer is hype. Like it's 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 a it's a good transfer. He's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. That's those are three big wins for you, my guy. Okay, counter. I, I the counter's rough. The counter is rough. Mason Mount. Which, if we could have waited, we could have used the Harry Maguire sale money with the Mason Mount to get. Moises Casado, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. A guy, a 20-year-old guy who scored nine goals in Serie A last year. Johnny Evans. Yeah, because this is a charity now. Uh, so, I'll say this. If we can get, if we sign Pavard, and for me... There's a couple other guys United are looking at that fans are split about. For me, it's it's Pavard or nobody. I think the other guys are a little bit younger, right? Um, but I I saw Pavard's name in that list of three, and I and I literally went, ooh, I I I like that. I like that for you. I like it a lot for Luke Shaw. So when you guys are in like suspensions and injuries and multiple competitions, Luke Shaw doesn't have to fucking play center back. Yes. Which he did more than once last season. And pretty decently, I might add. And that's when I realized that he's not as short as the FIFA video games made him, made him out to be. I just think it's his really huge butt. Just kind of like... His draws massive your, ass it, makes him it, seem it, so it, small. It draws your eyes to it, and you don't notice the length of his legs. So, um, that could be good. I don't know what we're going to do about the striker position to start the season. And we do need a, another a holding mid because 
a midfield trio of Mason Mount, Casemiro, and Bruno just does not seem like it's going to be good. Don't you guys still have Christian Eriksen? Yes. You know, little, little Christian Eriksen. He can... Another He's holding mid. <laughs> so we'll see, well, you we'll know see who... what happens. Man, you have well, unfortunately made it a habit of making a lot of moves late in the season. And I say it's bad because when you make a move early in the season, guys get a full preseason with the team. Guys get... I mean, we, we bought Casemiro basically on the deadline day last season, and then it takes a, you know, a few weeks before they start. So just kind of the same, shooting ourselves in the foot with the late transfers. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I think that's enough for Manchester United for now. Absolutely. Um, why don't we keep it in the Premier League, but only on the departure side? Somebody's taken – somebody took that flight from London to Munich. Yes, uh – Despite what I said on the last podcast, Harry Kane is definitely going to Bayern Munich in the, I mean, it's one of the, probably the big, kind of one of the biggest moves in terms of player impact and combination with price tag um, this, uh, this window. I think that with Lewandowski gone, Bayern needed a goal scorer and Harry Kane scores goals. He also does a lot of other good play, but... It is a given that Bayern is going to win the Bundesliga. That's already been predetermined. But, but, but Donnie, what if it doesn't happen? It would be hilarious. Dortmund could do. Dortmund are in pole position to the funniest thing in the world. Well, it's 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 the biggest it's the biggest choke off the sport of soccer has ever seen. Borussia Dortmund versus Harry Kane. Who really doesn't want to win? Um, but the reason why they do anything Bayern these days is because they want another Champions League. That's yes. really what they do. I mean. Pep's tenure at Bayern, he won the Bundesliga every year he was there. He just didn't win the Champions League. So it's yep. considered a failure. If you don't win the Champions League at Bayern Munich, you're a failure. Harry Kane doesn't win. Here, Harry Kane is not going to help you win a trophy you haven't won in three or four years before his arrival. As good as he is, he's not a winner. Here's But here, the if this team doesn't win a Champions League, you're a failure. I do prescribe to that mentality for certain teams of certain pedigrees, but that failure to me falls on the manager. I don't like, like when in seasons past, when Bayern have won the DFB Pokal and the, the league double, I don't look at Thomas Mueller and be like, wow, Mueller, you really failed this season because you didn't win the champions league. Yeah. But Thomas Mueller's a world cup winner and he's already won the champions league. We're talking about he's, a guy, he's, Eric. He's actually, he's actually he's a perennial winner. Not that we think him fat. We are talking. Okay, here's the here's the Harry Kane argument in that we're talking about a guy who, in what 65, 70 attempts at a senior first team trophy, has never won one. Couldn't even win a motherfucking league cup. That Carabao. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, monster energy drink. I mean, that is that is the fundamental conundrum with Harry Kane. That I have personally, and I, and I get it. I get I get not wanting it to make get just about ring culture, and there's a and there's a and you know winning a title, winning a trophy is a team statistics, so to speak. I do understand all of those things, but fuck, he's almost thirty <laughs> years old and he's never <laughs> won a trophy. Can I ask you an absurd hypothetical? Yes. What if he does the LeBron? And comes LeBron, back. LeBron started at Cleveland, could not win yes. the big one. 
then LeBron joins a super team that is just assumed to win their league easy, right, in the Miami Heat with Wade and Bosh, win stuff, and then he came back and what and brought a title to Cleveland. What if Harry goes to, to Bayern for three seasons, wins three, you know, three cups, three uh, league titles, comes back to Tottenham, age 34, and delivers the team to the promised land by what winning the league cup when he's 34 like what it's title tottenham. is he winning is it it's the league tottenham cup? so like any title yeah the fucking florida cup in the preseason i don't know man okay <laughs> if it's like the league cup or fa cup like sure fine but he's gonna be he's gonna be <laughs> old that's the problem lebron left very still young and came yeah. back still not that old yeah, no, I know. I, it's, it's, it's just a fun idea to think about. It, it will be really interesting in Champions League to see Bayern with Harry Kane because he's a very talented striker. It seems like the talent on that team should be able to incorporate well with him. I made a point not to say it'll be interesting to watch Bayern in general because Bayern is the one team in the Bundesliga that I just won't randomly watch, right? I'll randomly watch fucking Freiburg and uh, Dusseldorf play a game, uh, but I'm not going to watch Bayern play anybody who's not like a, a top five rival challenge because they just beat the pits out of them. Um, but in the Champions League, it'll be very interesting. And the other thing, let's not forget who the manager of Bayern Munich is. Tommy Tukes. A guy fucking allergic to generating the offense and goals. True, but a Champions League winner. A Champions League winner. Somehow. Because, I don't really know how that happened. Because Christian Pulisic willed him past Real Madrid in the semifinals. Yes. Uh, but that will be just, it'll be very, very interesting to see a Thomas Tuchel Bayern Munich team with Harry Kane. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. How many English players have played for Bayern Munich? How many English I just feel like ever since the Blitzkrieg, Englishmen haven't been too fond of going over to Germany. Owen Hargreaves played for them before coming to Man U in like the mid-2000s. I think one other guy played for them, but not a lot of English players have played for Bayern Munich. Not a lot of English players play abroad. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, But, so yeah, it'll uh, it'll be interesting, at least just to kind of the Kane dynamic and... It'll look really fucking weird just seeing him out there. Oh, yeah, and that jersey's going to look like a weirdo. It'll look really weird. So Tottenham uh, have some time to spend quite a bit of money, actually. Yeah, but also, like, their, their first game is in two days. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a rough first season for Tottenham. Yeah, that's that uh that new manager, Ainge, whatever, from, I think, was it Celtic? Mm. Uh Dan Levy just said a big fuck you to him. Something <laughs> I feel. I mean, taking away um, Harry Kane and living in London, what else is the fucking appeal of managing Tottenham Hotspur? Uh, good friend of the podcast, Matt. I am sorry for your loss. You're in for a rough season, I think. Yeah, it is a uh, it is a tough season to be a Tottenham fan this upcoming season. Um, all right, should we talk about the uh, Moises? Caicedo drama. Donnie, why don't you hit us with a bit of a recap, just because I think there are a few key moments in this drama saga that even I need a little help clearing out. 
Yeah, so all summer it's been, you know, Chelsea and Brighton have been going back and forth, back and forth on Moises Casado. It seemed like he was going to Chelsea. It all seemed like it, you know, it was just a matter of price and they were slowly getting up the, you know, their way up, Brighton playing a little bit of hardball. And then out of nowhere, a couple of nights ago, Liverpool set a massive bid for Caicedo. I think 120 uh, Yeah, I, euros, think I, I, think I, saw, I think I saw 110. 110 million euros, which was more than what Chelsea had offered at that point. So Brighton accepted it, but <laughs> Moses Caicedo did not want to play for Liverpool, so he's not agreeing to term. So Liverpool fans were all celebrating. Chelsea fans were like, oh, well, he's not even that good. He's not even that good. And now it's all done in reverse in that it balls kind of back in Chelsea's court if they match or get close to what Liverpool's going to offer. You know, Brighton are eventually going to sell him. They're not going to not sell him over 5 million euros if he's not going to agree to go to Liverpool. Yeah. Did you see the Jamie Carragher? Uh, the two of tweets side by side? 180, just like hypocrite central. Yeah, I mean, that's who he is. For uh, for those who may not have seen it or, or are unclear what we're talking about, uh, shortly after it was announced that uh, Brighton were going to accept Liverpool's bid of 110, uh, Carragher tweeted, you know, like, 110 million is a lot of money, but getting two young midfielders to anchor your your midfield for the next five years or whatever for a total of 140 million is an incredible deal and, and, like, and like a great steal. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but like it was all that. And then you know, 12 hours later, when it's announced that uh, Brighton are going to sell Caicedo to Chelsea, he just flip, he completely tweets out vastly overpaying for this midfielder 110 million euros is, or pounds is way too much money like um chelsea are just like getting robbed and, infl- and inflating the market it is just so funny to see that fucking hypocrites words side by side completely contradicting also caicedo is a very nice good player don't get me wrong he's a good player uh, is he a 110 million dollar player i don't know and here's why i say that I think Jude Bellingham went to Real Madrid for less, for a hundred. I think he did. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't uh, Chelsea buy uh, Enzo Fernandez for like a hundred, a hundred ten last year? I thought Enzo was one thirty. Is he one twenty? Maybe one twenty. He was a lot. Can you imagine though? Just like you paid two hundred and forty million dollars for. Moises Caicedo no, and Enzo he Fernandez. Was one, he was 106. He was 120 euros. Euros 120. <sighs> and he's the British record. It, I'm like, that's a lot of fucking money on two, like, two midfield players. Two midfield players who are both good, but I would not call either in the Neither of them are top 10 midfield players. I think, I still think Enzo is, um, his stock is boosted because he got to play with Messi and a stacked Argentina team that was awarded a penalty per game in a World Cup. Yes. Never buy a guy after the World Cup. Yeah. Every club team makes this mistake. Every World Cup. But do not judge a player's skill over a season by a one-month tournament. Harry Maguire, right? Like, that's... Proof is in the pudding there. Yep. 
Just don't buy a guy after the World Cup. But anyway, um, so bringing this back, so now, now all of a sudden, with Chelsea getting Caicedo, Chelsea to Tyler Adams to Chelsea, which was all but guaranteed a couple of days ago. He, he, he completed his medical. Right. All but guaranteed is now a, is now in the kibosh category as well, which is actually, I think, good for Tyler Adams. Would you mind joining me in, in Eric's wacky, no-proof, like, conspiracy corner? Hold on. He's flipping his hat backwards okay. to show that, that he means business. I'm ready. I have absolutely nothing to go off on this and no reason to believe that it, that this kind of thing does even happen. But the reports are that Tyler completed the medical. Mm. And for those who are unaware, Tyler apparently had a has a relegation clause in his contract at Leeds where he could, he could leave for 20 million pounds. Uh, Chelsea were going to trigger it. He... F- was in London, complete medical, everything but the paper signed. And then Chelsea gets word from Brighton that if they match the bid from Liverpool, they'll still sell him, sell Caicedo to them. Chelsea matched the bid for Liverpool. My theory is there's a gentleman's agreement in that conversation between Brighton and Chelsea. I think Brighton said if you match Liverpool's offer and back out from Tyler Adams – will sell you Caicedo because immediate rumors after the sale were Brighton, Brighton will buy. is looking at Tyler Adams to fill the spot of Moises Caicedo. And they'll still be $90 million ahead. And they'll, they'll Exactly. So, like I said, there's nothing to back up this thing except the pieces fit, both timing and like player profiles. And if that's where we can end up in all of this with Tyler not going to Chelsea – to compete against a guy uh, bought last year for 120 million and a guy bought this year for 110 million, and instead fill a needed role of a team playing in Europe in Brighton this year, I think that'd be a big win for Tyler and for U.S. fans. 100%. This could not be going potentially better for the U.S. fans. I think Tyler at Chelsea was going to be a nightmare for us. Yeah. I think it was going to be Pulisic 2.0. I completely agree. And. I honestly, when I saw that deal fell through, I breathed a big sigh of relief. Now, let's talk about another American midfielder and go back to the home, kind of go back to where we started in the Homer corner. Uh, Eric, last podcast you predicted that Eunice Musso would go to AC Milan, and indeed, you got your man. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited um, for obvious reasons. I think, you know, we say never buy a player off of the World Cup, and I don't think Milan bought him off of the World Cup, but Musa played incredibly well in that midfield trio with uh, McKinney and Tyler Adams. Uh, he's, you know, what, 20, 21 years old or something. He's already got like 100 appearances for Valencia in the first league in La Liga. It's a relief for us that he's out of Valencia, who for all intents and purposes, are going to be in another relegation fight that they narrowly avoided last season. Uh, so it'll be very nice in that sense. And I am not sold on parts of the Milan midfield. It'll be very interesting uh, because when the midfield is healthy, depending on the formation that the team run, there will be, I mean, no matter what, there will be competition for 
for that, that playing time. But for the first half of the season, Ismail Benacer is injured with a, is out with a knee injury. So it looks like this new Dutch guy that, Donnie, you talked about, I think last pod, uh, Reinders, he looks like the real deal. I think he you was going to be so good. He looks silky smooth. Uh, I, so. I'm putting him in my in my like scouting queue of where I put Teo and Leao before him. I think he's going to be really good. And I think in a couple of years, that's going to look like – like. People are going to ask, like, why didn't Premier League teams spend, like, $50 million on this guy? How did everyone miss out on this guy? It's a really good move. So, I think you're right there. So, he'll probably be a starter, you know, for the season. Uh, when Benacer's healthy, he should be – if we do a three-midfield setup, then you've got Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who I think has looked really bad in preseason. And when I've watched him play for Chelsea in, in years past, I'm not a Loftus-Cheeker. Um He's kind of Roddy, not very good. I, I agree. Uh, Roddy Krunic, uh, who is uh, solid defensively, but doesn't provide anything progressively or cre- creatively. And then you got Yunus Musa sliding in there. So it'll be really interesting to kind of see how Musa adapts and plays in. Obviously, he has, you know, He's three weeks behind uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek on acclimating into the squad, into the team, uh, with the new season next week starting. I would be shocked if if Eunice was starting uh, that game, but I wouldn't be shocked if over the first month or two we see him not just get good rotational minutes, but have a chance to to earn some starting playing time uh, as we move forward. Yeah. And, and signed him on a five-year deal. He's young. Uh, this is as much a transfer for the future as it is for today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to wrap up transfer with is Eden Hazard cannot find a club, including Saudi Arabia, which I feel like if the Saudis don't want you, that's got to feel like a kick to the dick. I did not hear that. That's rough. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's like it's so awkward. You know, sometimes you. Sh- it's like you don't know till hindsight, but he should have never left for Real Madrid. But, like, when he left for Real Madrid, I don't think many people thought this isn't going to work out, but those that did. They couldn't have seen this coming. No, I mean, this is one of the biggest transfer flops in history. You got when a guy who, for a time, was one of the best players in the Premier League, lighting it up so good for Chelsea, and truly is Real Madrid's, one of Real Madrid's biggest transfer flops of the last 10 years, if not the biggest. And, like, I mean, they've had flops in the past that have been able to go play in Croatia or go play, you know, in in, in the Belgian Juniper League or something. Like, it... To not even be able to get to play anywhere is wild. It's pretty bad. Um, I wonder if we'll see him in MLS, maybe. I, I can't imagine with what his wage demands would probably have. Like, yeah, I guess. Did, but see I mean, him play at this like, point, how much money does he need to make? He was on a pretty big deal at Real. True. See him playing for like Real Salt Lake would be so funny. So like funny. if he. If he made a move to MLS, but it wasn't one of the marquee markets, would be hilarious. Or like the Columbus Crew. Yeah. Imagine going from living in like London, Madrid, and then Columbus, Ohio. Um, 
so yeah, I think that kind of puts a little bit of wrap on uh on some major transfers. I'm, I'm sure we'll circle back in a, a future pod. One more thing, actually, Mitrovic is staying at Fulham, which is a win for everybody. Is it a win for Mitrovic? Is I he mean, ha- financially, no. It's just will 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 he? He seems somebody who like if he's upset, I think it's going to impact his um, his attitude yeah then, he's gonna play angry that's the best version of Mitrovic it's gonna be a revenge tour I don't want he's him coming angry. back he's coming for the golden boot that Holland stole from him I don't want him playing angry at his own teammates though as long yeah no I, I think I think he's gonna be like a bull in a china shop you just gotta okay. unleash him well in that case that's very exciting yes but also it could be disastrous if he just starts picking up red cards could be very bad he which did, he could he could he, pick up red he cards he did choke a ref yeah it was against me and you but he did choke a ref um, all right. Shall we dive into, uh, our, our, our season previews? Season just started our, today for La Liga. Spectacular. And for the Prem. Yeah, I, I didn't really feel bad about doing our, our season preview after the Burnley-Man City game had already started because, we, like... We all that, knew that company was going to throw that game for his, for, for his war crime daddy, Pep Guardiola. And guess what? You know what company did? He, the, he started the youngest lineup Burnley has ever started in the game in Premier League history, and Holland got a brace, and I think Rodri scored Holland, another one. Holland scored five minutes in the fucking season. This is the fourth consecutive Premier League game between Burnley and um, Man City. Man City, where Man City has scored in the first five minutes. That is a, that's an absurd stat. Their last five games, I think, before this one, were like 6-0, 3 0, 2 0, 5 0, 3 0. Not great for the brand. No. Um, but where do we want to start? Do we want to start in the Premier League? We're already, we're already in England. Let's. Uh... All right. So we got some new blood, and Burnley's back. Lutton Town is in the Premier League for the first time. Very exciting. That's a team I desperately want to, want to stay up. And uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Those are our new boys. I'm, it's Sheffield United, right? Sheffield United, excuse me. Sheffield Wednesday, not Sheffield Wednesday. I would team. be so pumped if Sheffield Wednesday made it up. Yes. I've been on this pod before saying I think uh, the like expansion MLS teams should stop with like the FC and the United and just be like Tampa Wednesday. No, I San, clearly San I Tampa agree with Wednesday you because would be sick. I promoted Sheffield Wednesday to the Premier League instead of Sheffield United. <laughs> um. So yeah, very uh, very interesting season coming up after disappointments for Chelsea and Liverpool. They have both re- kind of restocked and retooled coming in. Obviously, Newcastle's a threat. Tottenham probably less of a threat for that top four battle this season with Harry Kane going. But um, yeah, exciting stuff. I, I'd like to point out that from the end of last season to the to where the table is now, Chelsea have already gone up uh, four places just by alphabetical placement. Very good, very good. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about storylines? You want to talk let's about let's talk about let's talk about what we envision for the relegation battle, and then we can bring it home with the with the big dogs. Okay. I think Sheffield United is going to go back down because they're not Sheffield Wednesday. Correct.
I think Luttontown is going to figure out a way to stay up somehow. I hope that Luttontown figures out. I love, I love that for you. <laughs> I have Everton finally going down. They have been so bailing up water for so long. <laughs> so I got so you- Sheffield United. I got Everton. Oh, Wolves. I could see Wolves kind of going down. Well, so I will, I'll just, like, my, the first name that came to me is I've got Wolves going down. Yeah, I'm going to go Wolves for my third. Wolves I have going down. I think Bournemouth are going to go down. Yes. And then, Donnie, I'm sorry. I think it's going to be Luton Town. Oh, fuck you. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. No, you picked it. You picked it. You you only pick things you want to see. No, only with Manchester United. Fuck off. Yeah. Get ready, ready, buddy. uh, Honestly, so between the two of us, we named five teams. Pretty much any of those five. Those are the five that are Yeah. Three of those five Uh, are going down. Those five, and then we'll, you know, I, I... I think Burnley will be okay, but I could see it being close. As you mentioned, the youngest squad they've ever fielded in the Premier League, that's going to have some growing pains. What I'm nervous about, I, I don't want to see, like, what if, I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen, but could happen is like, what if Brentford, like, just finally, like, comes off the multi-season high they've been having. Well, also, they don't uh, have Ivan Tony for the first six months. That's kind of what concerns me. Uh, so I'll be watching them very closely for the, the first half of the season because um, I, 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 I'm a bees boy. I want to see them hang around. Also, Nottingham Forest could definitely suck. Yeah. And Westham could definitely suck, too. I mean, they, they, they sucked last year, and they got they rid of their best player, and they're adding Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. So, like, they, they just, in a way, they got rid of two players by bringing on Harry Maguire. Damn it, you're <laughs> probably right. Luttontown is going down, and I bet Everton stays up. But I'm really upset about it. I'm not happy about it either. So. All right. All right. Top four? I ha- Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, definitely not Tottenham. I feel incredibly confident in it not being Tottenham. Agreed. Are we are we giving our flick? Yeah, like, one, four? two, three, four. Okay. I do not think Manchester City do the four peat. Okay. There's a reason it's never happened before. Fair. And like. Our Pep slander can't take him being the first manager to ever win four straight in, in England. That would, uh... We, I mean, we will have to do some very serious soul-searching on this podcast. I mean, we won't. Be... See, the thing is, even when we, Pep we succeeds... Won't, we get podcast. I just credit the money. So it's like, I, I can always win. I can always change my narrative. Well, we don't have to. We'll just, like, not pod for three months. <laughs> the stat today... City have spent more on their current defenders than Burnley have spent in the history of their team's existence. Yeah. By like, by like, uh, 200 million. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so you have Arsenal winning the title. Do I? (laughs) If you say Manchester United. No, I was fucking you. I just, I just just want you to think I was going to say Manchester United. (laughs) So you have Arsenal. 
Yeah, I've got I've got Arsenal. Um, you know, I think we have seen some good stuff from Mikel Arteta. Uh, I think the team talent wise was there last season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they shit they shot the bed a little bit. I I think some of their uh, acquisitions are going to pay dividends. I don't think all of them are, but whatever. Uh, so, and I, I, I something I believe in Arsenal. I just think four is an impossible number to hit in a row. So I'm just picking against Man City. That being said, I have Man City second. Yeah, fair. In third place, I've got Manchester United. That's a mistake. I think I've, I've picked them second or third like every single year we've done. No, you definitely picked them to win the Premier League title one year. Probably. No, you picked them to win the Champions League. That was even more egregious. Honestly... It was right logic wrong outcome on that. <laughs> so who do you have in that four spot? You said not Tottenham, so it's between Chelsea, Liverpool, and Newcastle. It's Newcastle. Interesting. Mon- it's, 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 it's money. <laughs> it's money. All right. I'm going to go. I, well, real quick, like, I don't think Liverpool have gotten that much better. Okay. They, they've gotten rid of some old guys. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Henderson became a, a massive hypocrite. Yes. That's a big one for our brand. Yes. Um, and Chelsea, I need to see them not be a fucking disaster class before I can believe that they're no longer a disaster class. Fair. Fair. Here's my hottest. My hottest take is Brighton will finish above one of Chelsea or Liverpool. That is a hot take. I don't know which one, but I, I like believe that. in Deserve. I believe in Deserve. I like that. Okay. God, this is as hard of a top four as it's ever been for me. Because you don't want to pick Arsenal to win the whole thing because, like, I don't really believe it. But do you think Pep's going to win four? Yeah, dude. Holland. Holland. I think Holland might break his goal-scoring record that he just set. He just yeah. scored two! No, I I, I, like, I don't think even that's not even a hot, that's not even a hot take. And I think that's like, like someone's just giving you that many goals, like, do you know how many you have to concede to not win a lot of games? Like, it's just like the math. The defense, defense is so bad. Like, it is financially, fiscally worth so much fucking money. It's worth more than other teams' entire histories. <laughs> uh, I'm struggling, man. I'm struggling. With Do you want to start at four and work your way up? I'm trying to start at four and work my way up. That's the that's the inception of the struggle, you asshole. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I agree with you, Tottenham's not going to make it, and I actually don't know if Newcastle's going to make it because they have the distraction of the Champions League, which I feel like they haven't had no, 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 no. such a long That's time. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. So. Have they ever been in the Champions League, or was it, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Or was it the European Cup when they were in it? I think they were in the Champions League in the 90s when Alan Shearer was there. But was it was was it the European Cup at that point? No, it would have been the Champions League in the 90s. I think okay. it's I think it's sometimes in the early 90s it became the Champions okay. League. I think. Well, we can just look this up real quick. Oh yeah, 92-93. Champions so League were, history. They would have been in the inaugural. 
Champions League, I think. They were. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The the prosecution uh, rescinds its point. But they haven't had it in a while, so you know, there's that distraction. You start playing a lot more games. Guys get hurt. Tottenham is out for me, and I think I'm going to say Newcastle's not in my top four either. Okay. So now I've n- narrowed it down. Wow. While you're while you're still debate, debating, I'll just my counter on the Newcastle thing. I could see not to the same extent, but uh, a Milan two seasons ago where we finished last in our Champions League group, mm. but we won the title. I don't obviously I don't think Newcastle won the title, but I could easily see them flame out of Champions League, but have a strong league showing. Yeah. Obviously, I have Arsenal and City as the top two positions in some order, which I will decide when I get there. No, but Vidani, who's third? I don't know who fourth is yet. <laughs> Do it. Don't Do it. Do it. Okay. Gut feeling, I have Chelsea at fourth, Liverpool in third, Arsenal in second, and Manchester City in first. I don't think Manchester United finishes in the top four. I think we have a regressive season, as we tend to do. It tends to be every time I think there's hope, we take a big step back. Um, and I think Aaron Ten Hag is not the manager this time in one year. Where is he on your bald manager power rankings today? Not factoring in your per, your uh, forecasted dip. Okay. Today, bald manager power rankings off the top of my head. At one, we still have Zidane. At two, <laughs> he hasn't coached in like five years. I feel like. At two, we have Pioli. So even after Pep won the treble, you've got Pioli ahead of Pep? Yes. And the reason is... The money? Is the money. Pioli does... If you gave Pioli that kind of budget, are you fucking kidding me? Get out of here. Well, just wait. I'm going to really... Drive me crazy when we uh, uh, take a little trip down to Italy. I have Pep at third. I have Ten Hag at fourth. I have Vincent Company at fifth. He looks good in the suit. I have Bob Bradley at sixth. (laughs) I have every bald U10 coach in the United States collectively tied next. And then I have Greg Berhold. That's fair. Um, but wait, I need I need two different Greg Berhalters. I need Greg Berhalter and then part two, since he left the team and is oh, now retired. Okay, I have 1.0 Greg Berhalter second to last, and I have Greg Berhalter 2.0 <laughs> dead last. Um, so yeah, I think Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal City. You, you picked United to finish outside the top four last season, I believe. Yes, I did. Do you remember who picked them to finish inside the top four last season? Weird. I'll never predict Manu for anything because you know, either I'm right or I'm wrong and Manu plays well. So it's a win-win for me. The funny thing is they started out so poorly and you you kept blaming me and uh, yelling at me on the podcast. And only when I rescinded my pick and, and chose somebody else did they <laughs> turn the shipper. Yeah. And the thing is... Last season, we beat Liverpool, we beat Man City, we beat Arsenal. 
We also got thrashed by Liverpool. We also got thrashed by Man City. We lose to random teams. Like, it's just... I don't know, man. And I'll also say this. To me, Ten Hag has had a full season. He's gotten to offload players. He's gotten to bring in his guys. He chose to spend a lot of money on Mason Mount, right? So, as far as I'm concerned, he either has to win the Premier League title win the Champions League, or win both domestic cups, or he should be fired. He won one domestic cup last season. So he has to have a better season than last season. And that was the Carabao Cup? Correct. The the least important of any of them. Yeah. But did United have a better season than Arsenal last season? Yeah. Yeah, that's not... I'm not saying that should be your barometer for success, but I just think that's funny. Arsenal choked a title away and had finished with no trophies and we finished with the trophy and we're never, we didn't choke anything away. And you're both in Champions League this year. So like, yeah. Listen, the more, I I realize that as time goes on, you know, some people get that perspective of, well, you know, winning isn't everything. And as I get older and older, I go back to the one maxim I've only known. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. The only thing? <laughs> God. So, so. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. So we have only two teams the same in our top four. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the clusterfuck that England is now. Yeah. I hope my top four is just horrifically wrong. I'm worried, I'm worried that your top four only has one team wrong. Which team? United in for Chelsea. Mm. I really don't want City to win a fourth fucking... But do you think I do? <laughs> Honestly, in some, like, sick, demented way, I think I think <laughs> you know that, that this game isn't going to bring you pleasure, and the slight <laughs> pleasure you get from accurately playing the victim on this podcast is, like, the... Is the tiniest sliver of light that you can get out of this? <laughs> Let's go to your country. Ah, yes. Um, I, don't, I don't want to be in England anymore. <laughs> this, this just really me realize how unexcited I am for soccer to be back. <laughs> that there, there's only pain for me. All right, let's um, let's take a look at Syria. I'll jump in with my. Uh, what are they called? Relegation teams. It's always a crapshoot uh, in terms of who's going to end up, I think, getting relegated. You know it's not going to be one of uh, the marquee seven, uh, which is... We'll, we'll go through those guys in a little bit. Um, so I see going down Frozenone. That's who I had on mine, too. No joke. Hey, look at that. Salernitana. Who? Salernitana. Okay, yeah. I don't know what else to give you outside of that name on repeat there. And then I've got Lecce going down, too. Dude, we had two of the same, too. I had Lecce. I had um, the Frozen team. Yeah, Frozenone. Yeah, Frozone. (laughs) I didn't have a third one picked out just yet. Let me take a look-see here. And I'm going to go Verona. 
Oh, Hell- yeah, Hellas Verona. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're not just doing that because they're listed 20th in the alphabetical. No, standing. I'm doing that because they um, only stayed up by goal differential, or not goal differential. I think head to head. They had the same amount of points. <laughs> yeah. As a it's, team that was relegated, so I just imagine they didn't get much better. The tiebreaker is is head to head. Yeah, so I correct but Especially in like that instance of tied on points in the relegation battle, I really like that it's head to head. Like if I you want to stay that, up, if you want to stay up, beat the team that that you're competing against. I think is head to head a better metric for a tiebreaker? Excuse me, a better metric for tiebreaker? Yes. Do I still like when it's goal differential because it's, like, so fucked that, like, I like that? Yes. I agree that head-to-head is by far and away the superior metric and it for a tiebreaker. I personally, as someone who has lost titles on goal differential, I still can appreciate the, like, the fucked nature. The fuckery of it all? The fuckery of it all. All right. Okay. Top Why don't four. you hit us, hit us with your top four? You ready? Not really, but let's go. In fourth place? Because I always pick them to finish fourth, and they never do. Because <laughs> I always want to believe is Roma. I knew you were going to say Roma. I always you really, do. Dottie, you realize this is Jose's third year. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, 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 you can change it if you want. No, I'm riding with it. I'm riding with it. In third place, I have the Lesser Milan Club of Inter. In second place, I have last year's champions, Napoli. New manager. And in first place, I have... (laughs) Dude. AC Milan. (laughs) I think that Pioli's going to have a healthy year. I think that Pulisic and Musa are going to be great pieces. And um, I think Leal is going to have a... Fantastic year. I think they're going to do super well. I'm very excited for Milan uh, this season. And without, I, I think the World Cup caused a lot of their injury issues. Even, even if it's from the standpoint of being primed to play, guys who maybe weren't in the world part of the World Cup, taking a month off and then gearing up, in some shape or way, I really think that that caught, fucked them injury-wise. Well, and, and Mike Magnon got hurt on national duty for France and then missed like two months, and we lost every game. Yeah. So, um, I really like Milan to recapture the Scudetto, and, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with my top four, other than Roma. That one's probably not going to work out. I, I just, I, I, yeah, I hate to break it to you, but it's year three, Jose Mourinho, I, and he hasn't exactly finished strong in, in his years one and two, which are his good years in his tenure, so, um. I'm here for the fireworks. I'll be sitting front row, row watching with you. I'll bring the popcorn. Before I go into my my uh, picks, I, I alluded to some stuff about Pioli that I was going to bring up when we got to Italy. And alas, here we are. I don't subscribe to these thoughts and opinions. I do lurk on the Milan socials uh, when I had Twitter. I look at some Milan Twitter account, fan Twitter accounts, uh, the Milan mini sub, mini Reddit is swarmed and overrun for about the last six months or so with a huge peely out crowd, a crowd that think 
Pioli is tactically inept, is unable to manage a game properly, and that the biggest root of all of our problems is Stefano Pioli. Pardon? To them, I say, let's just look at this guy's last two seasons. He won the Scudetto, and he took Team 2 Champions League semifinal. And we look at the investment transfer-wise that he's had to work with in those two seasons, it's been almost non-existent. And the transfers that we did bring in last season uh, basically got sidelined early on because they were deemed not up to quality. Now, this is actually a big part of contention with the fans. They, after seeing like Yastin Adley and a few guys play you know, three preseason games a year ago, think, oh, he's clearly one of the better players in the squad and purely won't play him because he loves Rodney Krunic, even though we're not seeing training, we're not seeing, you know, the day in, day out stuff. Um, so yeah, these armchair experts. Uh, no, they call them tacticos on, on, the, these, on, on Twitter. These armchair experts in soccer are called tacticos. These tacticos uh, yeah. are like, they end every post with like purely out. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. is, people yeah. wonder why I don't go on Reddit. Yeah. It's like, imagine all the people I never want to talk to in real life all, like, compiled together as an internet blob. These people are psychotic, for the record. So, there's, like, these guys are all absolutely convinced he won't last the season kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So, and, 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 like, the thing that they talk about is, like, it honestly, it sucks that the players love Pioli so much. It's like, guys, there's a reason that, like, there's a reason that Teo and Layout didn't hand in transfer requests when Maldini was, was outed. It was because they love Pioli. They believe in what he's got going on. So it's, just, it's a very weird time in the, the Milan fandom. And I don't know what any of that means because like, I don't think the internet idiots actually get to the point where the players are noticing that. right? Like If they start getting whistled and booed at, at the stadium then they'll notice them, but that's, it'll take a lot to get there. I, so I, 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 I don't know where I'm going with that. I just wanted to share that sentiment with you because as someone, I think it's interesting that part of your fandom, you like, you, you kind of see what other fans of your team think. Whereas I never want to speak to another Manchester United fan. And I find that dichotomy interesting. Like I don't, I don't want to talk to them because when I see a Manchester United fan say something like Bruno is the root of all of our problems and there's a loud contingent on Twitter who say that kind of shit, I'm just like, Gooby, please, what are you talking about? Like, I just, it makes me like hate my own team almost the more I get exposed to my, the fans of my team. I think it probably comes from like, like a decade ago. There was no coverage of my team yeah. stateside, and so I had to go to the nether regions of the dark web to uh, <laughs> to source fucking no, no, that's tactic tactico bro three's opinion on the Milan Lecce game. Yeah, uh, and and I'm by no means trying to be critical or say you're doing anything wrong. What I'm saying is I find our dichotomy very interesting, yeah, it, and it, and I think part of being a sports fan is wanting to be part of that collective of people and having that nice tribal mentality. And I think that's a part of sports fandom, you know, across sports at all. I just, I have no interest in other Manchester United fans or their opinions. 
Like, I'd like to be on an island where, like, I am, like, the god of Manchester United, and I don't have to consider what anyone else but besides what you think. Uh, so, yeah, I, it, is, it is very interesting and fascinating. Um, that being said, I love uh, the Pulisic acquisition. The Chiquese acquisition, I think, is very exciting. I, I'm thrilled that Moose is here for now and for the future. I'm hopeful that we'll go back to the 4 2 3 1 so that we can actually use layout, Pulisic, and Chiquese all in one lineup. Uh, and we could get, you know, Reindeers and Musa uh, as our double pivots. You know, I love me a double pivot. So I see all that, and it gives me some hope and some confidence for a strong season. Now I should get to my predictions. I have, in fourth place, Internazionale. I have in third place. Juventus. Assuming that they're not going to get penalized. <laughs> like all things Juventus, my prediction there has an asterisk by its name. That's how Roma's going to sneak into the top <laughs> four, baby. In second place. They brought back Kalatashelia. They brought back Oshiman. Napoli are going to contend again. And in first place. Let's fucking go. This is the most confident. I, I I don't I don't feel good about this selection. I don't feel good about this pick. But like I don't think I don't I don't think Juve has made the the moves to to become stronger. And even without the deduction, they they were like third uh, in in the table. I'll never pick Inter to win the league because like fuck that shit. And I and I can't pick Napoli to repeat. So it's not that I believe in Milan. I believe I just don't believe in any, in the other teams even more. So I'll take Milan, and I can't have Milan win the title and have you called it and me not. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna um change Roma for Juve. I kind of forgot about them. <laughs> in my haste to make Roma fourth. <laughs> All right. Honestly, like, to if you want to go down the line here, fifth. Sixth and seventh is, I think, going to be a combo of Atalanta. Yep. Lazio. Yep. Lazio is the one who finished in the top, finished second last year, but we both, neither of us had him in our top four, even in my original top four. So, like, maybe seventh could be Roma, but I could see them even being lower. Oh. Well, you're probably right. They're, uh, they're, they're, Home kits look cool. Their home kits do look cool. They're they're just, it's very simple, but the, like that strong kind of dark red. Yeah. Shall we talk about Falia? Yeah. I'm not gonna do relegation for Liga because I don't care. I just don't know these clubs. Um, but I can give you a top you know what, four. Fuck it. I'll I'll say Almeria. Okay. I will say Mallorca. R.I.P. And 
then I will say Osasuna. Okay, so you picked the team that finished seventh last season and Osasuna to get relegated, and Mallorca finished ninth to get relegated. But Almeria did finish 17th by one point, so that one was pretty spot on. Damn, I honestly, I honestly just assumed Osasuna was a recently promoted team. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so I actually think it's going to be the same three as last year. I think it's going to be Barcelona. I think Real Madrid... Neat. I think with Benzema gone, I think I think they're going to kind of understand that they're not going to win much this year, and then they're going to get Mbappe, and then they're going to be like a god-tier team. So This is a hibernation year. Yeah. So I have Barcelona, one, Real Madrid, two, Atletico Madrid, three, and I have Real Betis in fourth. I think they've been knocking on the door. I think they finished sixth last year, fifth the year before. I think this is the year where they just sneak in there. One of these years, I want you to pick Celta Vigo to finish forward. One of these years, I want to finish. I want to pick Celta Vigo, but I need to not fucking finish thirteenth and seventeen points outside. I'm sorry, I misspoke tragically. Twenty eight points outside four. I agree with you. Barcelona is going to win La Liga. Yeah, and I think in a, in a fashion where we don't need to pay attention to the table in the final two months of the season. Yeah. In second place, I have the Revenge of the Sith, the Master of the Dark Arts, Atletico Madrid under Diego Simeone. I love that guy. His quote, they, his quote today. Can I, can I read his quote today? Please. Okay, hold on. Let me pull this up. This, was, this is why I just – I love this man. Where is it? What is to play well? To win. To play well is to win. There is no better way of explaining it. Everything else is a paragraph of lies. <laughs> you know, when he said that, he was directly in his mind speaking to Pep Guardiola. Like, that, that's a fuck your possession answer right there. Third place, Real Madrid. I, I agree with you on the loss of, of Benz. Remember when they lost uh, Cristiano Ronaldo? That first year, they kind of stumbled out of the gates a little bit. Yeah. Uh, before Ben, before they really were able to lean in on Benz as their talisman, and now they've lost Benz. Uh, and then my fourth place team, should I just double down and pick Osasuna? <laughs> yes, please do. Please pick them to be relegated and in top four. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be really boring. I'll go with Sevilla. That's actually... Because they, they didn't have a good season last season, so that's actually... It's a, a resurgence. That's that's not boring. I think that's actually a good pick. That's like boring. They had a they, they had a good uh, they got a good Europa League. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think that Real Madrid just kind of like takes it easy. They've kind of retooled in certain pieces, and then at the end of the summer, at the end of the year, they're going to bring in Mbappe, and then it's going to be like a the the Vinicius and Mbappe attacking force is going to be kind of unstoppable. It'll be sick. It's going to be so fast. Especially if Barcelona can continue uh, their strong defensive uh, like run from last year. Yeah. If, if they can carry that into next season, that'll be a really fun just polar opposites to watch. And now we make our way to Deutschland and Germany for the, Bundes- ah, for the Boring Liga. 
it, the boring league of which just got more boring with, with the best team adding, you know, the second best striker in the Premier League. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Um, I guess I should look at who I think is going to get relegated. I really wanted to pick Schalke, but I think they got relegated last season and they're not in this league. So that really makes things a little more difficult for your boy. Okay, I'm going to go with Augsburg Yep, as relegated. And I'm going to go with Werder Bremen. Okay, I'm going to go with Heidenheim. Because I've never fucking heard of that team, so they're not staying. <laughs> and I'm going to go with... Let's see here. I'm going to go with Bochum. Ah, I was I was thinking Bochum, but they're just fun to say, so I kind of wanted to keep them in, keep them around. Uh, I do regret not picking either of the recently promoted teams to, to go down. Um... Yeah, but that's okay. And just a reminder for listeners: only the bottom two are directly relegated. Uh, the third to last place, which I believe is sixteenth, yeah, sixteenth, they go into a relegation playoff against the third best team in the Bundesliga two. And last season, that was uh, VfB Stuttgart, and Stuttgart won that game. Okay. Donald. Eric? Who do you think is going to win the Bundesliga this year? Uh, Going to guess the team name starts with a B. And it's not Bochum. Oh, uh, Bayer Leverkusen? Not them either. Obviously, obviously it's going to be Bayern. Yeah, we're we're in agreement there. There's no surprise there. One's across the board, Bayern Munich. But in in recent years, the spots like three through or two through through four have been hotly contested. Yes, and I think that'll be the case this year. And throwing five in there, fuck it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, Let's just keep it as is. I think Dortmund will finish second. I don't because I think they lost Jude Bellingham, and I think their defense is very bad. Their defense is really bad. Their defense is really. Their defense is always very bad. But last yeah. year, it was historically bad. It was really bad last year. And then, I don't think it's going to be Leipzig, because they don't have um, Nkuku anymore. But they have Timo Werner. So, do I have to put Union Berlin? At the Onion? I think I'm going to. I think I'm doing it. I With uh, our boy, our, our boy uh, P-Folk and Brendan Aronson? Yep. I got That's... Union Berlin in second. That's sexy. I like that a lot. Thanks, buddy. Who do you have third? It's it's difficult. It is difficult. Because I think... (sighs) 
Fuck it. I, I ride for the Americans. Let's take the onions all the way to the top. And by the top, I mean third place. <laughs> all right. And then, so, so I got, uh, I got Dortmund in third. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, uh, who do you got in fourth? <sighs> so here's where we're between, you know, I think Leipzig, mm-hmm. I think Leverkusen, mm-hmm. and I think Frankfurt, Eintracht Frankfurt. What about Freiburg? I, you think it was just kind of like you think they they just they blew their they blew their load last season? Yeah, I think I think flash in the pan. Mm. I think they should be very proud of what they did, mm. but I don't think they should feel bad about themselves if they can't do it again. Mm. I'm gonna go with Eintracht Frankfurt in fourth. Ooh. I like that. I am going to go with the very handsome and one of the most underrated players of his time, Shabby Alonso's Leverkusen. I like that pick. Yeah, these are fun. I think I like your top four more than my top four. Yeah, but I think your top four is right. I like mine more too, but I think I'm way overestimating that the impact of Jude Bellingham. I think so too. Um, Though I really it, like I, Jude Bellingham. Not in a slight to Jude Bellingham. Um, it's just like, in a weird way, and I think this goes to some of like the mismanagement that just perennially happens over at Dortmund, they, they just weren't set up to capitalize on his generational talent. Yeah, if I could switch Dortmund and Berlin, I would, probably. I mean, you... Yeah, actually, you, I'm going to see you do that. You can. Yeah, I'm just doing I said it, and then I was like, you know, it was a hot take, and then it, the take was too hot for me. I burned myself, and I'm out. Oh, and speaking of Nkuku, I forgot to mention this. He's out, like, at least two months with a knee injury, possibly three to four months. And that is part of why I felt confident leaving Chelsea out of my top four in the Premier League. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Eh, I'm not changing that. I, or wait, or wait, we're too, way too past it. No, I just, I just got to RK, I'm going to RK man you to a title one of these years. <laughs> one year, next year I'm going to pick them to get relegated if they're going to win the title. <sighs> you will, last season, after, you know, two games in, you wanted to change your relegation pick to man you. And I would have been justified after two games in. <laughs> um, wow, we're back, baby. Yeah, um, we've got a slew of games for us tomorrow as this hits your pod feeds. It'll be today or it'll be yesterday or last week, depending on how, how late you guys get to this pod. Uh, but now that, the silly, now that the season's back, we'll we'll get back into our, our pretty regular kind of podcast schedule. Every couple of weeks? Every two weeks, just, you know, give or take a couple of days, but within that, that two-week range. So we'll, we'll kind of be giving you our, our thoughts, our feelings – um, our horoscopes, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. If you want to give us your thoughts, your feelings, um, or your horoscopes, Twitter, OwnGoalPod, and uh, you can email us the questions at OwnGoalPod at gmail.com. But uh, that wraps us up. We're going to have a surprise Onis at some point in the next month or two. Even we don't know when it is, but we know it's going to happen, and I'm pretty excited about that. I'm very excited about that. But, uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed the show, and I'm excited for a uh, – New soccer season, he said, lying to everyone. 
We're back, baby. Bye. Bye. To the byline. It's in, it's in our goal. It's a gift. Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. Got no chance to clear the keeper. Astonishing position to get the